0: Jays get back on the field tonight against Cincinnati Reds. First pitch, 707. Yunjin Ryu against Luis Castillo. It is Blair and Barker, Jeff Blair and Kevin Barker. Uh, you mentioned the Jays had last night off. They had their charity fundraising curveball. It seems as if everybody had a good time. It's a great event and uh, raises a lot of money for the Jays Care Foundation. And uh, once again, congratulations to all involved and special shout out to the players. Our understanding is that every Jays player and coach turned up and that isn't always the case at these things. So well done to all involved. Speaking of Jays players, Santiago Espinal will join us at 1130. The Jays, the leader in war, both fan war and baseball reference war among Jays position players.
1: If I if I would have told you that Santiago Espinal, after no. the first close to 40 no. games of the season, was their best player on both sides of the ball, what would you say to me?
0: Yeah, No, not happening. <laughs> I mean, no disrespect to Santiago Espinal. If you if you had told me that he had solidified the second base position and had beaten out Kevin Biggio for the job, I'd say, okay, I can kind of see that because there's a lot to like about Santiago Espinal. If you would have told me that he would be... And this is no disrespect to Santiago Espinal. If you had told me he would be their, their best player, uh, non-pitcher.
1: First thing I would ask is, what, what's the record?
0: I was going to say, what, yeah. I was gonna, no, actually, my first question was, so what, did Springer, Bo, and Vladdy collide and chasing a fly ball or something like that? Uh, that would have been my first, my first question. Anyhow, uh, Santiago Espinal will join us at 1130. 11.05, Chris Welsh, Reds TV analyst and former Major League huh. pitcher. Reds a on a roll. Talk about Seven out of
1: 10, I saw. Eight out of 12. They're pitching better. They're not giving up as many homers. They're scoring more runs. And then they got Luis Castillo and Hunter Green on the mound the next two days. That, it's, 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 I think we talk about this, that series against the Guardians. We're going to talk about that series against the Reds. The teams that you should beat, no matter how hot they are, no matter how good they're feeling when they're coming into the Rogers Center, and I know the Guardians games are on the road, but when you're facing teams that you should beat, you want to be a playoff team. These are sort of the games you look at it,
0: in my mind anyway. Uh, We've got to talk about Pete Alonzo and the New York Mets. Uh, well, first of all, we're going to uh, give you some background. The reason we want to talk about Pete Alonzo and the New York Mets is because Mr. Barker, Mr. Barker thinks that, that there may be a lesson for the Blue Jays hitters in what Pete Alonzo said after his walk-off yesterday. So let's, as as you would expect, a walk-off home run when it is described by club broadcasters, Now let's just say that they're kind of competing tones to the broadcast so let's before we play Pete Alonzo's postseason we don't have okay we don't have the Pete Alonso. okay I thought we would have the
1: we call. don't have the we don't have the calls we have the Pete Alonso. right
0: we have the Pete Alonzo interview after the, the reason I said that is because the the Cardinals call was apparently like you know game over whereas of course the Mets call was you know fireworks and what would you like him to balloons. say yeah, I, I, I don't know. You want to be excited for losing? No. have a sense of drama about it. Anyhow, after the game, Pete Alonso talked about uh, his walk-off home run and, and, and most importantly, his approach. I want to keep uh, taking pitches that aren't, even if they're strikes. I want to be able to hone in, uh, keep continuing to uh, hone in on what I'm trying to do up there and not uh, deviate and and give in to the pitcher's plan. So for me, I just want to uh, keep trying to master consistency. All right, Kevin,
1: have at it. Yeah, I didn't want to, you know, I'd been saying this for three or four weeks now, exactly what he was saying there. And I just wanted people to hear somebody that's actually thinking it, applying it he's hitting 300 against righties he's sitting 342 with an ops of thir- over 1300 with runners in scoring position what he's saying basically what the way i understood that was how dare you make me expand the zone even if it's a strike if i don't like the ball away and it's outer third i'm not swinging at it until i have to with two strikes now he's going to punch out he's a he's got a big swing occasionally he's going to get frisky because of the moment that's just who he is called the pole bear for a reason but that point of him saying that I'm not chasing. I will not do it. If I can go to the plate, even though it's a strike, and I'm not looking in that zone until I get to two strikes, I'm not going to expand. I'm going to hunt what I can do maximum damage on and when I get it. And right now you can tell by the numbers with his, what he's his hitting 276 with 10 big ones and 36 ribbies. That's that's getting it done. And it just doesn't happen because it doesn't. Most people can't, aren't Mike Trout and just walk to the plate and go back. Seat ball, hit ball, uh, you know, I drive down and threw it, and I'm going to get a bunch of hits, and I can do it line to line. Most human beings can't do that. And there's pe- people like Pete Alonso who have to actually think about their approach before it actually happens, walk to the plate, and try and apply it. And you watch the Blue Jays hitters. It looks at the opposite of what he said. And that's my point is I just wanted people to hear because sometimes I say things and and – it's not being applied with the Blue Jays because of, we have a lot of Blue Jays fans. listening to this show. Hey, wait, and, so
0: that, this Why aren't they doing it?
1: Well, they're they're young. They're they're, they're no. They're trying too hard. Uh, they've faced they've they've ran in some really good pitching. They're trying too hard. They're trying too hard. Uh, the the only guy in that lineup who's hitting third, I know, is trying too hard. And that, that's, a, that's a whole different animal in itself. And until that guy hitting third, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., starts having this approach that Pete Alonzo is thinking of and not so much worrying about the situation and what his teammates are not doing and where they're at with runners in scoring position and just go up and simplify it. And I know it's very hard to do. I, I've tried to just forget about what you've done and just worry about what you can control, which is that next at bat. Until they do that, one through nine, you're going to see a bunch of these, even though they're facing teams that they should be beating. I know they're going to face a couple of good pitchers the next two nights who throw very hard, who has really – one has a really good changeup. The other one throws a bazillion miles an hour, and it's going to be to their benefit, and they're going to gain a ton of confidence by coming into the Rogers Center and making this lineup look silly, and they're going to try and do that. And if you're the manager and you're, or you're, you're the GM of the Reds, you want Luis Castillo to dominate the reds. Cause it makes it easier and quicker to trade him. They're trying, they're going to trade him as quick as they can. And this is the point is just having these at bats usually doesn't happen off after days off. Cause you go home, you think about it too much. I think,
0: I think if you ask most people, given what the reds are doing to their team, uh, basically backing up the truck and moving everybody out. I think a lot of people will be surprised that Luis Castillo is still, is still there. We know that. Well, he's only I mean, made two starts. He's had shoulder <clears throat> injuries. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, yeah, health is health has been an issue with him, but I, I'm, you know, I'm thinking, I mean, he's been in the trade block for a couple of years now, or at least teams have looked at him for a couple of years. We know the Jays have kicked the tires on him. It's like they, the, the Reds young pitchers or the Reds young pitchers, the Reds pitchers and the Marlins pitchers are kind of in the same category. Nobody, even when the Reds were going well, nobody it was it was like there was this this understanding that, yeah, they're going for it, but you could probably get one of their young arms. I mean, God, if we had a buck for every time Sonny Gray was connected to the Blue Jays, you know, we wouldn't we wouldn't be doing this. There was always this feeling that you could probably get one of those guys from them just as there's this feeling that you can probably put together a deal to get one of those young arms. From the Marlins, but you're right. If, if you're the Reds, um, I mean, this is a and and you, you are disassembling your team. This is a great this, this is a great showcase for Luis Castillo. I mean, if you're a team, well, okay. Let me let me wind that back. Is it if you're a team looking to acquire Luis Castillo, Mitz, and he carves up the uh, Jays. Mets got he, two. Their big boys he, that are hurt. He is carving up a team that was just carved up by Marco Gonzalez. Doesn't matter. Well, no, but we What's said the yes.
1: Expectations yes. about the Blue Jays. he's doing it. He's coming and doing it on the road and can keep it in the ballpark. Now lefties are hard on Luis Castillo because of the changeup, right? Sometimes he won't get extension on it. The arm speed's not always great on it. It's a really good pitch, but that's why you run a bunch of lefties out there against him. Blue Jays don't have that. Blue Jays got a bunch of right-handed hitters, mm-hmm. but you can get out the exact same way. He's got. He's going to go in sort of an order: the sinker, or changeup, slider. That's sort of how Castillo does it. You're thinking today. I know his. He has some confidence in that changeup. You don't think because he's watched videotape that he ain't going to get a lot of that sinker and slider away to a bunch of right-handed hitters? I know I would. I mean, how hard is it? And this gets back to that Pete Alonso thing. And this is why I wanted to run that and let people listen to a guy that's getting it done at the highest level. And, you know, one of the biggest markets in all of baseball, right? You, you, It's put up or shut up time. Like, there's no... Bad months or bad month and a half for teams, you're getting land-based. And for a guy to actually be able to talk about it and actually go out and apply it, it sort of gets back to what the Blue Chase are trying to do. And the game plans of if I expand against dudes that throw a bazillion and can command a secondary pitch, he's gonna make me look silly. And the guy behind me is gonna try too hard and he's gonna look silly. So until as a whole, as a team, these guys continue to say, okay, I can't hit the ball away. It's obvious. Can is a strong word, and I I really am reluctant to say can't. It's been have they played forty games, forty games, right? Twenty, twenty, and what are they? Twenty and eighteen. Yeah, that's not forty games.
0: You're thirty eight games, almost a quarter of the way through the season. How
1: many dudes on that team realistically that you've seen can hit a ball away? I mean, and Bo. drive down and through it. Bo.
0: I, Maybe. Bo's most on, of, most, most of Bo's hits recently have been to center field or right field, with the exception of that home yeah, run. Yeah, most of those Pulp's are not on Bo. the
1: corner away. Those are erratic. They're trying to no, he's expand had the on in, the play. He, he's had that inside-out swing. He's he's Most guys' inside-out balls that are closer to him. I mean, I get what you're trying to say. He's a guy that's a very aggressive right. and it's going to expand the zone. But I'm telling you, if a guy can go up and locate, like a lefty, like Marco Gonzalez the other day, who can... Dot the black, and you know it. Going into that, you know that I'm going to have to be mechanically sound enough to be able to drive down and through with my barrel and get it out front enough to hit that ball into right center field consistently over 38 games. How many dudes you seen do it?
0: Not consistently.
1: This team? I don't remember any. No, not
0: consistently. Not not
1: not in one game where you know what the game plan is, and that's that's sort of the point here is. This is, I, I know we're, we're, you know, sort of beating this to death, and this is. but when you hear guys who are having success at the, at the highest level in one of the bigger markets, the way he's doing it in his mindset, this is, now I know the conversations with the Blue Jays hitters are all the same, and they're trying to do what Pete Alonso is doing, but I think now because you have so much talent, now it's time to stop talking about it and
0: start doing it. Uh, there's a couple of, uh, I guess we could call them injury situations of note that arose uh the past couple of days the first is max scherzer who's out six to eight weeks with an oblique strain and hence you know if you're the mets and you're going for it this year and money is literally no object six to eight weeks two months i you know i'm beginning to think the nationally East is probably not as going to be as much of a meat grinder as we thought it was but if you're the mets you're probably looking at at making some sort of addition Maybe Luis Castillo's a guy you might be interested in. Uh the other injury sort of situation of note involves a Canadian player, uh Tyler O'Neill. Now the Jays are going in this play St. Louis next week. Tyler O'Neill's gone uh on the IL and uh as a result the Jays will not see him, which is kind of a shame because I know he was looking forward to uh he was looking forward to that series. And on the farm Gabriel Moreno, the Jays top prospect, left yesterday's game after being hit by a pitch on his non-throwing elbow. Now he stayed in the game, uh, caught the inning and then exited. We have not heard from the Blue Jays and we've reached out to them. We've not heard what the status of that of that injury is. I mean, this is a guy with a broken thumb last year, so fingers crossed. and I don't mean that as a uh, as a pun, but fingers crossed for Gabriel Moreno. And, uh, and, and Kevin, yeah, let's, let's talk a little more about, about Max Scherzer and that oblique injury. Yeah. Again, obliques, obliques I, I wouldn't say obliques are the new forearm irritation because forearm irritation, your initial reaction is surgery. But with obliques, there's always that question mark, not so much about when you come back, but what you look like when you come back. Maybe it's different for pitchers, for starting pitcher, because you're working once every five days. But I look at the the struggles Teoscar has had since coming back from that oblique injury. Um, And it's just, it is a reminder of how that injury has become one of the, you know, that's become one of the injuries where you kind of really roll your eyes and grit your teeth when you find out that somebody has it.
1: It's not really an easy fix to it. How how do you fix it? You you know, you, you... can't operate. You, you know? can't. Like, it's just, it takes time. And, and t- time with Max Scherzer, it's a little frustrating for him. I'm sure you could tell listening to him talk, the way he was acting. Like, he he was very frustrated because the Mets got a good team. And he knows what he means to that team, especially, you know, in the dog days of summer. And, and to his teams, the Braves are going to get better. It's a window a little bit for the Braves now to make a little bit of a move here and, and gain some ground on the Mets. But, you know, this this is why you brought in – The manager that you brought in, this is why you, you know, when one part of your game goes down, you have to pick it up with other parts of it. They're playing decent defense. Uh, They're offensively sometimes a little moody. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're not. That needs to pick up a little bit. Uh, Their bullpen's been decent. It's not been great. But it's, you know, again, this is, I just... I hate to see it. This might be one of those times that, you know, knowing the, Max the way we all know and, and listen to him talk, this may be a, a thing where he's getting a little older. Maybe mechanically this will tell him something. Maybe he's doing something wrong with his mechanics extension, lack of extension, I don't know. But maybe that's something a little, to put a little shine a little light on it that maybe he needs to correct some things when he does come back. But if, if, they, if they can keep this thing around 500 while he's gone, when he gets back, you know he's going to be full of vinegar. He's going to be ready to go.
0: The also we all, we we should also mention that uh, Chris Paddock of the Twins underwent Tommy John surgery, uh, and the only reason I'm, I'm mentioning that out there is there was a lot of talk that the Mets were interested in Chris Paddock, and um, you know he I mean this is his second Tommy John he was on the injury list last September as well due to inflammation in his throwing shoulder, but. Um, it's just interesting that one of the reasons the Mets didn't pull off the deal with the Padres for him was their medical team was not comfortable uh, bringing Chris Paddock in, and there was a Smart. lot of there was a lot of discussion in the front office about that. Uh, Tyler O'Neill's injury, by the way, is a shoulder impingement in his right shoulder. So when the Jays go to St. Louis, they they're going to see this kid Nolan uh, Nolan Gorman, the Cardinals' top prospect. 15 home runs at a already now and mm-hmm. okay I I understand it's you know A. 15s 15 15s 15 on on May 20th 15 is 15. so it'll be interesting uh you know bad news because I know I was looking forward to seeing Tyler O'Neill against the Blue Jays but uh it looks very much at least as if um as as if for now uh he has gone on so the a lot of
1: injuries I see the Bryce Harper injury that they, you know, they're really in between on what they want to do. I know Bryce wants to continue to play because they can DH now in the National League. It's just a, you know, the, that being his bottom hand, which is very odd. I know he's a he's a two hand finish guy, but still, that puts a lot of pressure on your elbow and your and your shoulder. And that's that's an odd injury too. How are they going to handle that down the stretch? You know, and they're you a know better we, team with him in right field than they are him DHing every
0: single day. Yeah, he's a better player in. He's a better. Absolutely. He's one of those guys who he's a better player he looks, when he's playing.
1: Yeah, he's going to put up some numbers because he's a, he's a freak when it comes to just talent and and athleticism and all the things. But it's routines; it's knowing how to be a DH every single day. What's that going to do to his mindset? That's not an easy thing to do for a younger guy who's trying to help a team go to the playoffs, go deep to have a deep run in the playoffs. And now, that's not going to be fixed. And looks to me, sounds to me like until they have surgery. Yeah. So I, you know, even
0: if they make the playoffs and he's DHing, I. Here's tough. here's the thing too, you know there are injuries that are are impact injuries. I mean, a guy gets hit by a pitch or something like that 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 can happen anytime. But you know we did talk about in spring training and lots of baseball people talked about the fact that again because of the CBA guys were left to their own devices and yes everybody's got a personal trainer et cetera et cetera but there was kind of a rushed aspect of this and. Um, you know, I I, I remember uh, when when we talked to folks in spring training. When you talked to folks in spring training. When we talked to Ross, there was this kind of this idea that it would be around the, it would be around this point in the season where you'd you'd want to take a look at the health of guys and maybe try to figure out whether anything that we're seeing has to do with anything that didn't happen or did happen in spring training It's kind of the six week point is where guys are getting up to, I mean, how many at bats a guy's had now they had more than a hundred at bats, your guys are in their routine. And that's a lot of times when these injuries manifest themselves, but yeah, it just seemed like, uh, uh, it, it just seems it, it it really just seems as if we're, we're kind of getting in that. It's almost like they're adding another
1: tool. So if a guy's a three tool player, because he can stay on the field. Now he's a four-tool player. 4 yeah. player. It's sort. Of, it's sort of like the the. I know this. I went through this when I was a player. I I figured out ways to keep myself on the field. Oh yeah. Like, like I would figure out ways to to work around certain things that I that, that didn't feel right. Like you, you know, I played the Meyer leagues a lot. The fields. Stunk. Mm-hmm. I rode buses all the time. I got off buses. It was show and go, baby. It wasn't like you was out there, you know, eat this filet mignon, go in there and take you a nap. No, it was off the bus, show and go. Get, you, get your spikes on, go out there and run you three or four sprints. Try mm-hmm. and stay healthy when you're doing that, Jeff. It's, yeah. not, it's not the easiest thing to do. So I figured out ways to, you know, even how to sleep on buses and, and, you know, it, did I need a pillow? Did I not need a pillow? What would that do to, to, to how stiff it would make me from my from my waist up? Like little things like that. It sounds silly, but it's true. Just to keep myself on the field, give me a chance to go to where I wanted to go, which was the big leagues. And this is sort of what you're seeing, I think, in the big leagues here is, you know, these guys, these guys are, are are different now. They take care of their bodies a little differently in the off seasons than they did when I played. I, I thought the best way to take care of your body was to play more. That's mm-hmm. why I played winter ball all the time. I want to play? What better way for your body to get used to? It? That's why I said this load management thing that you always see. It makes no sense to me. The only way your body can get used to playing is to play. I, the load management. Look, yeah, I I know you got fifty khakis trying to figure out ways to keep George Springer on the field. Yeah, keep George Springer on the field is to play him. I mean, fluke things happen.
0: And- yeah, I I mean I look I people are that there there has to be, there has to be medical and scientific. Basis to these these decisions. That how did made. Cal Ripken do it? Well, yeah, was, there, was there was this going on? And I mean, he played shortstop. Yeah, but it, it's it's different now. How's it, it different? It's 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 just it's completely different. And all the in things how, off the field are different. But when you get between the lines, the, the game's the same. Yeah, but that's not guys train differently. Guys eat differently. The guys have more people in their ears uh, about staying in shape. God, I mean, look. There was a day I remember when covering the Montreal Expos. They had two trainers. Like, they didn't have a physio. They didn't have. They didn't have specialists. They didn't have. They had a dude who came in and cooked, and two trainers. They didn't have any 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 specialists. And you know, when you hire all these people and you pay all these people really good money, you're going to listen to what these people say. Like, I I get, I get what you're saying, but to me, it's a it, it's a you know, it's like arguing why don't starters throw complete games anymore. Well, they just don't. That's not the way the game is. That's not the way players are managed. That's not the way teams take care of their players. So... Yeah, for me, anyway, it's, it, uh, writing a guy's it's, name in
1: a lineup's a little different than, than giving a guy a, a third time through an order. I mean, the, there, there's enough numbers that will tell you his stuff goes down. Breaking ball doesn't break as much. Velocity on it doesn't have to late giddy up. Location's bad. You can tell he's laboring. That's You don't give him that. But to actually write a name... Guy's name in the lineup. Bo plays every single day. Please sure, son. Like there's no. They don't even have a thought of t- of taking him out of the lineup. That's my point here. Is like I, I get that you have to massage people through things because you're thinking more of September than you're thinking.
0: No, I just may. You know, I think what the what the Jay said about what, what Charlie said about Lourdes Gurriel Jr. the other day is is instructive. Uh, you know, they took him out because of a hamstring. You know, his hamstring tightened up. And in the past, that has led to issues for him. In the past, you wouldn't know that. I, I, you've got, there's, there's so much data behind these decisions. I, again, I just, it's, it's a, there, there's a reason they're doing it. Do I know the reason? No. Uh, but again, I operate under the assumption that those people know more about the health of their players than we do. And those people know what the signs are when a guy is getting close to, to to breaking down, I mean, they've got all this, they've got all this stuff. Breaking down is the wrong choice of words, but I'm sure there are there are signals through all the testing they do. There are signals that suggest, you know, what this guy's getting into the zone where there's a chance for an injury. And if they'd gave me a
1: a stretch test when I played, I'd have never played ever. Yeah, ever. So. Well that that's what about my that's point is kind of the way
0: they're they're going about how they play
1: certain people that, that yeah but
0: that that's because they know no no more now than they did then I guess I just I I get your point but what I'm saying is that it, it it's I I just I don't I don't have time for that argument why doesn't a guy play every day anymore Well, because smart people smarter people than us with access to more information think he needs a day off that's a solid point I mean, I mean really that that's that's the way I look at it. it yeah, we can we can rage about it. It's like uh, yeah, I'd love to see more complete games. It's not happening. No bandwidth. Like, don't waste the bandwidth. Yeah, again, com- about that.
1: again, complete games are a totally different conversation than a guy writing a guy's name in a lineup every single day.
0: I mean, I guess I guess we're gonna have to we're gonna have to disagree. Uh there are three members of the Blue Jays on the Reds who are actually having decent years. Brandon Drury. Remember Leads their Brandon team at J- Homers. Got an eight forty two OPS. Why wouldn't he? Uh yeah, <laughs> of course. Connor Overton, it was Sunday starters, one point eight two and four stars. Jeff Hoffman. Remember Jeff Hoffman? Yeah. Traded for Troy Tulowitzki. He yeah. was a, at one point this organization's top pitching prospect. He's got a one eighty three out of the bull one eighty three ERA out of the bullpen this year. Jeff Hoffman. I'd actually I gotta admit, I'd completely forgotten where he'd Gone to, until I came in today and our producer Mark Boffo, has the sheet for us. I'm like, Jeff Hoffman. Anyhow, I found it interesting. Yeah, because I, all the well, all the uh, all the ink with, about Jeff Hoffman and and this gets to doesn't this get the prospects? Remember Jeff Hoffman for Troy Tulowitzki? I don't know if I would have traded Jeff Hoffman for Troy Tulowitzki. Now, I mean, I think Troy Tulowitzki's tenure with the Blue Jays has been completely way overblown. Um, nah, he's a good player here. But I think his you know, sort of the, the legend of Troy Tulowitzki as a Blue Jay is a little overblown. But you'd make that deal again in a
1: heartbeat. Well, you're going for it. You needed you need an everyday shortstop, a guy that was going to catch the balls he should catch. Yeah. And you weren't doing that... Before he got there, and it did,
0: and look, it got the clubhouse all fired up, and sent it wouldn't wouldn't get you fired up. Yeah, but he was. I'm just saying, he wasn't. He was okay. I I don't.
1: Anyhow, I I just don't. I'm sure they knew that when he was when he when he was coming in here that he was at the end. He was he was on the the back nine. They knew that, but that's not the reason why they brought him.
0: Yeah, he 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 was fine. I'm not convinced that, for example. If they go out and get Ben Zobrist, which is the guy they were looking at at the time, I'm not convinced that doesn't give them a better shot at advancing in the playoffs than Troy Tulowitzki. I, I, if I, Brett Cecil that, doesn't get hurt, Brett Cecil doesn't get hurt, they huh. win. If Brett, they C- do win, they do win the AL at least without question. There, there's no doubt they win the AL. No doubt. I, I would
1: want to take that almost a step further and I, say they're winning the World Series. You could
0: make that point. He was that
1: good at that he time was that good. until he got it when he got hurt, and then it just sort of. Yeah. No, everybody's bubble.
0: I've, you know, I've always said the two injuries, we don't talk enough about Brett Cecil and then Joaquin Benoit going down. Yeah. In 2016, running, running running out of the dugout Mm -hmm. or running out of the bullpen in a BS fight against the New York Yankees with the season basically over and blowing out his Achilles. And he was nails at that point in the season. So anyhow. I know we get into that from Jeff Hoffman and Troy Tulowitzki and Joaquin Benoit. Uh, Chris Welsh is the Reds TV analyst. Santiago Espinal is the second baseman with your Toronto Blue Jays. They'll join us. This is Blair and Barker on SportsNet 590, The Fan 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. The smartest takes on the biggest stories in sports. The Fan Drive Time with Ben Ennis and Steven Brunt. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Reminder that Mr. Barker and myself will be doing Blue Jays talk on Sunday and Blair and Barker will be on Monday, despite the fact it's a long weekend. We're on Monday from ten to noon. Eastern time. You didn't know that, did you? Yeah, you did. I told you that. I don't listen. I would have figured it out. You would have figured it out. Yeah, yeah. I just plan
1: on showing up on Monday.
0: Ten o'clock. There's nothing on the radio station. Oh, I'm supposed to be in.
1: <laughs> there's no traffic. I can get here in a hurry.
0: Yeah, you can. That's true. That's true. We're like the only people in the city who aren't going up to a cottage this weekend or something like that. <clears throat> we must be doing something wrong. We
1: have to work, Jeff.
0: Everybody else is going up to cottage.
1: I'm sure you could spend it in a bad in a bad way. So yes, I'm sure we can. We are doing something wrong, and. Everybody hates us, and all the construction is, you know, because of us, and yeah, no, everything that. that has everything bad to do with everything it has to do with us. Yeah, I know. That's what did that have to
0: do with? Where did the construction yeah. come
1: from? Well, I don't know. I mean, yeah, sh- you, you can't even pour, pull in the parking lot here unless you go around it to the other side. That's not true. It is.
0: No, I just drive through it.
1: Well, you can't. There's a there's a nice gentleman there that will not let you do that.
0: Well, let me do it. Hmm. Was he looking? Yeah. had a sign. I just drove by it and went in. <laughs> well, I mean, the entrance is a clown car. The entrance can't is even it's, see it. not a clown car. Just because you drive a big gas guzzling. It is. Know. Holy moly. I mean, it is. Oh man, you kidding me, dude? You hundred and fifty bucks a day to gas close, that pig not up? Not
1: even close to filling that thing up. Are you you kidding me? Yeah. Anyhow. Man, you efficiency.
0: see, presses. Fuel efficiency is vital. In our society today.
1: Yeah, I'm about to get that plug in kind. Yeah, yeah. Set it that direction. Plug in car. I mean,
0: what choice do we have? Yeah, we're all going that way. I'll drive my I'll drive my Volkswagen for a while, yet. I'll drive it for a while, yeah. But yeah, I just no, have j- to just go through the thing and, and make a, make a right and park. I mean the, the parking entrance fine. Parking entrance isn't blocked off.
1: Okay, you do you and I'll anyhow. I'll do it the right way, the nice
0: way. The law-abiding way. Law-abiding is overrated. Hyunjin Ryu and Yase Kikuchi pitching this weekend, uh, sandwiched around Saturday's Saturday start. Just thinking about Hunter Green and Alec Manoa. You may want to, you may want to cover the kids' eyes during that game because there's going to be some filthy nastiness in that game.
1: Maybe, well, it's going to be some hard throwing. Uh, yeah, Alec Manoa for me is. Yeah, he's he's still learning how to when you don't have one of your pitches, how do you get people out? That's sort of where he's at in his career and who he's trying to be as a pitcher in the American League East. He's really good, but it's that taking it to the whole next level and these are these are these games at home and the teams you're facing, I know the Reds are 8 and 8-1 eight, out 8 out of the last 12. I get it. But these are games you should be winning, especially when you're the Blue Jays and you're expected to do what you're expected to do. And I'm sure he'll have a good start and give him a chance to win like he always does.
0: All right, this is Ryu's second start since coming off the I.L. I think we all agree that the first start was uh, about, it was on the upper end of what I expected Get from, into the from sixth Hyunjin inning. Ryu. Get
1: into the sixth inning. That, that's, that's your job. That's why they're paying him the amount of money they're paying him is not to go four and two-thirds are paying him to get into the sixth inning. Five and a thirds would be nice. Get into the sixth inning, like give him a chance to to not have to use that one guy they don't want to use. But let's be honest, like mm-hmm. that—that's the whole point in this thing. I used to say is Trent Thornton. Trent Thornton ain't here no more, so you you figure out the guy that you don't want to have to use in certain situations, and there's those guys. You can you can, you know, the, they're they're getting smaller because they they sort of windle down the guys that they really trust the most because they know how keeping other teams from scoring because their team's not scoring. How important that is now. So there's those, those names, the Vasquez, that's probably the guy. I want to see him early in the game because, you know, that's just the way it is. That's, that's And I, I think the the fastball command need to be a little bit better. The arm speed on the changeup was decent. That slow breaking ball, can that last? That's the thing you got to ask yourself. And for me, it just rolls back around to that fastball command. He's got to have it in. For whatever reason, he's lost that. It's went away. Where did it go? Because your shoulder, you had issues with your shoulder. You're a smart enough guy to, to do things mechanically that you can get some finish and get it in there. You got Danny Jansen back now. You yep. and Danny are, you know, on the same page. You guys are living, you know, in the same place when it comes to putting the fingers down and location and all Pushing that Pushing the thing. buttons. I, I'm thinking about it. Before you actually say it, That boy, I, I don't have to think about it now. So there's no excuses when it comes to that. Now it's... You're expected to go into the sixth inning. That's, that's what I expect. Put a little pressure on these guys.
0: Yeah, I'm sure if you're, you know, you, you are coming off an off day. So that is, a, that is a positive factor, at least in terms of the bullpen getting rest. We know that the, the last game against the Mariners, uh, because of Jordan Romano's status, and we'll get an update on that today as well with the gastrointestinal uh, infection. Uh, because of his status and because of the fact that Adam Simber was down after two games um you know Charlie was they they had to manage they, they had to manage the game a little differently than, than they might have
1: everybody you need is available and,
0: and of course as so, i was you know if they'd scored some runs that would also that would make also make a difference yes for the manager but everybody's available today Uh, You've got Manoa going tomorrow. So, you know, you're probably reasonably confident you're going to get six at least out of Manoa tomorrow. And then Sunday, you say Kikuchi, who has got an ERA of 338. We've talked about the moves or the changes he's made early in the season. And what I guess I would ask you is what is the next step? For Yusei Kikuchi. He's he's well, overhauled, easy. he's overhauled his mechanics. Um, you know, he's he's shelved the cutter, he's throwing the slider, the slider still needs development, but at least he's committed to the slider now, right? He when you hear him talk, when you see him pitch, there's a commitment to the slider. So all, all this is trending in the right direction for Yusei Kikuchi. What, Kevin, is the next step for him? Is it just simply putting it all together? and giving you another 7 innings is that is, is that it
1: maybe maybe it's it's for for me I, I think the the slider's the next step obviously the fastball command with him will that's every pitcher you need the fastball command but it's it, can he have two different sliders can he have the one get me over OO 0 to steal a strike can he have the put away slider we really haven't seen the put away slider the split change seems to be the pitch he wants to go to with two strikes and the fastball that's elevated is a nice pitch for him but I, I think the, you know, all the things that he's went through to, to sort of get it all in line and not give the hitter a chance. That, That's why you eliminate the cutter. The cutter is a give-me-a-chance pitch. Mm-hmm. Because your fastball is so good, and you throw that 90-mile-an-hour thing that you were throwing, it wasn't any good, you were doing me a favor. You were giving me a chance to barrel up that thing and make solid contact. And at this level, when they do that, because of what most of these hitters can do, the ball goes tends to a, a long way, that that for me is the, is the next step, is the two different sliders. Can he, can he get it out there mechanically, drop it, spin it off enough, break it off enough to have some swing and misses on the slider? And if he can do that because of the fastball, the, the life it has and the way the hitters will tell you, that's pretty good. Always let the hitter tell you. The way they take it, the way they swing at it, and and not be predictable. That That's one thing, too, is... If he can, if he can be a little unpredictable occasionally, that's up to the catcher too to get him through some. You know, it might be Danny catching him. I would think the way it's sort of,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, Danny catches the first one, doesn't catch the second one, catch the third one, be sort of that way. So you'll have Danny. He'll do his homework. He'll do enough to keep him out of sequencing to where that guy can think along with him and cheat a little bit to get to the heater. But trust the heater. Have a little bit better slider. Throw strike one. Be decent with two strikes. He'll be fine. And I say, I'll say it and keep saying it, score more runs. You give him a lead early, allows him to attack and start grunting a little bit more. Like, you know, I, I'm sure me getting a little frustrated with the hitting, I'm sure everybody else around there is getting frustrated too. They're tired of talking about it. Because Every, everybody says yeah, the same exact question. Why aren't you hitting? Vladdy, well, why are you not doing this? Tell Oscar, what's up? George Springer, why? Bo, why are you chasing? Lourdes, where you be? People getting tired of hearing it, and, I, and I'm sure they are too. And now I think it's long enough into the season, the excuses are over. Teoscar's been here enough off to the IL. Vladdy's seen enough the way they're trying to get him out. Lourdes Springer's isn't cleaning the up field anymore. because they want to load management to him to death. They'll keep him on the field. Bo, any, he's the one guy. If anybody, the at-bats that he has when he hits balls hard, if he can just somewhat, I'm not saying all the time, but somewhat get a decent pitch to hit, man. With the bat speed and the, and, the, and the length of his barrel that he has, sky's the limit. So it's all there, right in front of him. And now you got to go out and try and do it against dudes that throw bazillion that got decent secondary pitches.
0: One thing I wanted to talk about today, and uh, again, we'll be joined by Reds TV analyst Chris Welch and uh, Santiago Espinal will join us as well. The things I wanted to talk about today is uh, an article Ben Nicholson Smith wrote uh, on Sportsnet.ca. We touched a bit on it, on it yesterday about the, you know, the Jays' search for swing and miss stuff. And I know we people get tired of hearing us hearing us talk about it, but Ben's article was sort of juxtaposing what we've seen in the minor leagues, especially that that twenty four strikeout game we saw down a Single A, with the Jays' bullpen. And I mean the Jays. Yeah, I thought it was telling that Charlie Montoya was asked on Thursday, sorry, on Wednesday, about was he concerned that there wasn't a lot of swing and miss stuff in the bullpen, that, frankly, the ball is always in play. And he said, no, I don't mind, you know, hit the ball to Matt Chapman all of, all the time if you want. thats I'll, I'll take that as, as as much of a strikeout. If you want to keep beating the ball to third base side, go mm-hmm. ahead and do it. But when Ross Atkins was asked about this, um... And I think it was Ben who asked the question. He was asked if he saw any internal options and not just, I mean, the obvious thing as well, Nate Pearson, Nate Pearson wasn't even really, wasn't, I don't think what people were pointing out, but is there anybody in the bullpen that you could, that could give you more swing and miss stuff that, you know, we haven't seen yet? And Ross said, you know, we've, you know, we're doing a deeper dive into that and with you know, hope maybe sequencing and different things like this, may, things may make a difference. I, I'm just going to flat out ask you right now. Um, you need a strikeout. Jordan Romano's not available. You need a strikeout. Is Jimmy Garcia the only guy you go to? And Tim Mays is hurt now, but is, is who who gives you, when you look at the bullpen as it is currently constructed, who do you look at and say, you know what? That might be the guy that gives me that swing and miss aspect that I don't have right now. And you need it. You, you, you do need, you need guys to come in and freeze, freeze guys where they are on the bases. You need guys to come in and, Make sure that the runner at first and the runner at second or the runner at second and the runner at third stay there late in the game. You really do. You don't want the ball and play late in the game. At least I don't think you do. I don't care how good you are defensively. You don't want the ball and play late of the game. You want, you want nothing. There's only one, in, one outcome you want, and that's a strikeout. Do you Jim, see people Jim, in there? Jimmy Garcia,
1: I'm, see, I'm, I'm in the camp. I'm not real comfortable with him when he comes in the game. I'm holding my breath. I, I don't really know what he you know, how he attacks certain guys. It, it's the location. Sometimes it's, it's using too many pitches. He's
0: still kind of a Don't mystery. Me. He's kind of a mystery after six weeks. isn't I, he?
1: I, I still think there's something to when they use him. I, I, I know I, I asked this to Dan Showman yesterday. Then I ask it for a reason. Are they happy with him? Well, it's, it's just odd. They're using him so early in the game. I get it. I guess because of who's coming up and what the score of the game is, I get they're trying to match up, but the 8th and ninth inning are different animals than the 5th, 6th, and 7th inning when yeah. you're pitching in the star. End of story. Forget about just everything that comes with having stuff. Mindset. That there's nobody else behind me. Nobody's going to come in and back me up. It's my inning. Like I, And I just don't, for me anyway, this is just me. Jimmy Garcia, you know, scares me a little bit. Uh, Ryan Barucki, maybe if the slider's working all the time, but he's a sinker slider guy. Trevor Richards with a changeup. If there's left, he's up. Uh, David Phelps. David Phelps is that sequencing guy. He's got to be good at here,
0: here, pull the string, elevate. It. And you know what? The thing with David Phelps—if you don't get a call, so to answer
1: your question, screwed. they don't have anybody. They don't have anybody. Yeah, no, and, I, I, and it's it puts a lot more pressure on other parts of your game to pick up the slack. Sure, it does. And you know, uh, again, this is this gets back to a lot of people that don't like Bo playing shortstop. I'm not in that camp. I, I think Bo will be fine. But that's that's what you get. Is your you? That's probably why the blue the the Yankees have gotten off to a decent start too. That bullpen comes in, they are punching out a lot of people, and that now really I know just... their Defense is better, and they've surrounded that with a bunch of sinker ball guys. But the right. sinkers are ninety eight, ninety nine a hundo. Yeah, that's a little different. Ninety four, ninety five. Yeah. So you're getting a bunch of swing and misses, hiding woes that you may have defensively. And how long will this last? Say Matt Chapman gets hurt. Knock on wood, if that would ever to happen, then what? Now you got now you're now you're putting way more pressure on other parts because now you're moving people around. You know, you may see Santiago Espinall playing third and I'd be okay with that, but that's a different move. Now the second base can have some issues.
0: Like you're in a lot of ways, well, I'll just say it. Defensively, Matt Chapman is irreplaceable in this team. Defensively. I, I can replace anybody else defensively. Now I'm not saying hitting. I can replace anybody else in this team defensively. Cannot replace him can't replace what he allows this team to do. And that's why I've avoided it. I've kind of made it my thing that I'm not going to – I view Matt Chapman as a defensive weapon first and a guy who's going to give me some hits every now and then. That's all I want from him, okay, and, you, I, and I'm more than happy just with let, that. Just
1: watch exactly how Pete Walker, the pitching coach, and Charlie Montelli, the manager – Try to match everybody up. They know they don't have swing and miss stuff. They know they have to match up every guy's strength out of the bullpen to that hitter's weakness. That's why we see so much shifting in that, oh, too. And that's why we see four-man outfield Thousands as well. what percent it is. Because don't, they don't punch out a lot of people. Yeah. And when you do that, you got to have, you know, the khakis putting everybody in the exact right spot to when we the ball's hit hard. Somebody's standing right there to make the play. And that's – how is that – can they do that an entire season? I don't think so.
0: See, I, I'm with you. I, I – this is why we get back to the you know, the thing Dan Dan Shulman was talking about. There's just the this team is twenty and eighteen, and I still look at them and I don't I don't see them as a complete team. I, I look at I can look at this team right now and pick out five guys that may not be here after the trade deadline, or maybe even before the trade deadline. Easy. I can do that easy.
1: The twenty fifth, 26th guys are all the guys you're talking about. I, I wonder. Collins, about the, I wonder about the lineup.
0: Yeah, but I'm but I'm saying you know, Collins, Zimmer. You go in the bullpen. You can pick out. You can pick out a bunch. You know, Andrew Vasquez. I mean, there are guys you you can pick out that just aren't that just aren't going to be here. They're they're just flat out not going to be here. Um, but having said that, it's pretty. Let's just think about what we we're talking about. We're talking about finding essentially a guy who can close, swing and miss stuff in the bullpen, a guy who can close, whether or not he's the closer or man is the closer. We're looking for a guy who's capable of closing games it's by striking people out. Okay. And, and you'd like to get a guy that can come in and do it right away. You don't want to get a guy you have to send to the pitching lab for five and a half weeks to figure out what he's got and then bring him in. You want a guy who can come in and fill that, fill that void right away and a left-handed bat to add balance. That's two really big asks, two really big asks. Like we're not talking about filling in around the edges. We're talking about adding an everyday player probably, close to an everyday player, and a guy you can rely on two or three days in a row regularly and not have to kind of close, cross your fingers and close your eyes.
1: Almost puts a lot, a lot of pressure work. on uh, for <clears throat> you to be going into the sixth inning a lot. Like it's not going to be a window here where he can try and get his feet wet and figure out location and mechanics and and release point and dude, we paid you a bunch of money. I know you're on the back nine, which he is what's well, obvious. Like you get a certain age, just see it. That's how it works. But they, they need him because all the things you just mentioned and the way the offense is going to to the rotation's got a lot of pressure on them to go out there and and not just be real good, be great. And is are they capable of doing that long term? That's another question. Jose Barrios is getting a little bit better. Two strikes, still an issue. left hander still an issue. That, that, and, and when it gets warmer, I know when I was a hitter, when I got warmer, I just wanted to wake up quicker. Yeah, could looking- wait to get to the park because it, it just everything in my hands felt, felt better. This, Batting gloves, This bats. will be an
0: interesting weekend. With the weather heating up, it's going to be, I think with, with the humid exit, it's going to be 34 today. Red's got nothing to lose. Weather heating up, it'll they're, be they're
1: off. It will. The ball starts flying. You mentioned the roof open might help a little bit. Yeah. Uh, who knows if that's the case or not. But be, if the, if a player thinks it, that gives them confidence walking to the plate, then now if they just try and get it out there a little bit, and create some backspin, puts a lot of more pressure on the rotation to be just not good, great. It's a lot, it's a lot of, the, the, again, we can say all these things about the pitching and the and the swing and miss stuff. The lineup's got to show up. Vlade's got to start doing stuff. You know, Bo's got to start hitting some homers and, and driving baseballs. They got to stop hitting under 200 runners in scoring position. You and the big boy league. It's time now. Yeah, there's only so many times I can come on here and say what they're not doing right. And there's only so many times that, you know, we're pressing, we're trying too hard. Okay, it, you're for almost 40 games in. Mm-hmm. It's time to stop pressing. Stop. It's time to stop trying so hard. Now it's time to have a plan, go up and execute it. Be a competitive at bat. Pass the baton that way. It's time. Man, it's right in front of you. You want to make the playoffs? You don't want to be left behind by the Yankees and the Rays? Because the Rays are going to get better. The Rays are just having the head above water now. Everybody's hurt, and it's just sort of, you know, they're so, so blah going into, the, into Tampa, and they, they're they pitching you to death. They're doing it, and, you know, it's it's time for the Blue Jays to start doing some things offensively.
0: Chris Welsh is Reds TV analyst, former Major League pitcher. We'll talk about Joey Votto and Hunter Green with Chris Welsh, and take a look at the Reds. Santiago Espinal, your Toronto Blue Jays war leader among position players, he will join us at 11:30. And as always, Barker's back leg bits. You can DM me; DMs are open. SN players, my Twitter handle. Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan, wherever you get your favorite podcast, and on 360.